All right. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Puda Pod podcast. My name is Tommy Puda, and with me, as always, Jake McCabe. Jake, how are we doing today? After work today, got to um, have to pack and everything because I'm going on a little uh, week and a half long vacation. So pretty excited for that, going down to Virginia Beach with uh, my family. There you go, man. There you go. A little vacation action. And uh, speaking of uh, little vacations, I mean, we've kind of we've kind of hit a little bit of a, a dead spot, I would say, in the NBA right now. Of course, there's the uh, whole Kevin Durant situation. But other than that, I mean, not much going on. So I uh, figured we'd take a take a little bit of time to do more of like a more of a fun episode where we talk about our top five players at each position. Yes, sir. So uh, if you want, I can start this off at my uh, point guards. Um, I didn't really put this in like a uh, order of one to five. I kind of just listed out the five players that I feel are like the top right now. Okay. So see what you got. All right. So for point guards, I have... Obviously, Steph Curry, um, he's consistently, like, amazing. Um, and obviously, he has rings to prove it, you know, like, it's just insane what Steph can do from three and even, like, inside the paint, through, you know, like, he can get in there, he can be shifty, do what he got to do. Uh, then I have John Morant. Um, I love John Morant. I love the style that he uses he isn't much of like he does shoot don't get me wrong but i see jaw as more like a slasher and it's just like the highlights that come out of that is just insane definitely Uh, definitely at third even though we haven't seen much of him um kyrie irving uh when he is active he is amazing um he's by far like one of the most um shifty players his ball handling is insane and the way he's able to shoot and even drive is just top tier. Coming in as the next one, I have Damian Lillard. Um, again, Damian Lillard, kind of like Steph, you know, like he's just amazing from the three. Um, I love the way that he's able to just, you know, facilitate the play and everything. Then my last uh, point guard is Trey Young. Uh, again, Trey Young. I just kind of added them in there because it is difficult to get some of these positions. Um, there's a lot of people that I could have put here, but I chose Trey, and I'm going to stick with that. Yeah, I mean, we we have a – honestly, I have the same five on my list. However, I I went in order and ranked them based off of what I have seen and – what I have watched throughout the throughout last season and coming into this season. Uh, I think one across the board, definitely Steph Curry played an MVP level last year, you know, like the guy, especially in the playoffs, he just really stepped up, showed why he's the best point guard in the NBA and is getting in the conversation for best point guard of all time. I don't think that he has Magic Johnson beat out yet. However, I think he is knocking on the doorstep to that. But 
you know, Steph Curry, best shooter of all time, 50-40-90, you know, you, you cannot ask for much better than him. Actually, he shot 38% from three-point last year, but, you know, he's basically 50-40-90 there. Uh, the guy's just a monster, you know. The stuff that he can do, the, the way that he just pulls up from anywhere on the court, and not only that, something that I saw from Steph this year, especially in the playoffs, that I don't think that I've seen much of in the past, his defense actually shined throughout the NBA playoffs. He was guarding on ball very, very well. He was staying with the guy he was defending. He was really forcing them to take bad shots or forcing them to make bad decisions. Something that you really like to see from someone who's only seen as an offensive juggernaut. So, like, unanimous, it should be Steph Curry at number one. For me, number two, this might be a little controversial, and I might be a little biased because I'm a Brooklyn Nets fan. I put Kyrie Irving at number two. Okay, I can understand people wanting to put John Morant there, and that can be their opinion, but for me, it's just... Kyrie Irving, he's he's one of the best one-on-one players in the NBA. He has an elite finishing package around the rim with the way that he can shoot layups and the way that he can just he gets that hang time in the air and somehow can still finish the ball after being in the air for like two seconds or three seconds. That's crazy. But he can shoot the ball very well. He can drive to the basket. He has great handles. And when he's on the court, he's just he's just a mesmerizing player. One of the best one of the best offensively skilled players I think we've ever seen in the game. But I'd have I'd have Kyrie at my number two. At number three, I do have John Morant. I believe he was the most improved player last year. Uh John Morant, insane bounce, and tremendously grew in a leadership role. He led the Grizzlies to an amazing season where he performed night in and night out for as long as he was on the court. Played great. Does need to work on his shooting a little bit, but he did show flashes that he can do it. So I'm not not worried. I feel like his shooting is going to get better as time goes on. I mean, he's... He's such a young player and already making this big of an impact, bringing that Grizzlies team into not only playoff contention, but possible finals contention when the Grizzlies a few years ago were not anywhere close to it. Granted, they drafted good and have good role players, but it all starts with John Morant. And he uses his athleticism, like you said, his slashing ability as well as his playmaking, because he's actually a really good playmaker on the court. So that puts John Morant at number three for me. Number four, I have Trey Young, the Atlanta Hawks. It's hard because on the defensive side of the ball, he definitely needs improvement, but you cannot deny the almost 30 points per game and I believe it's 9.7 assists per game. I Yeah, 9.7 assists. So basically 10 assists per game, 
and 28 points per game. You cannot, you can't deny it. You can't deny his greatness. Led the Hawks to a playoff position as well. Uh, I think with the addition of DeJounte Murray, it'll allow Trey Young to focus more on, even more on the offensive side of the ball than he could, than he had to before because he's not going to have to worry about being a liability in the backcourt because he has an elite defender next to him that can bail him out. So I'm expecting big things from Trey Young this year. I think he's going to have another great year. And ultimately, I put him at the number four spot over Dame Lillard, who I have at number five. And, you know, Damian Lillard, a bit of a down year last year compared to his year before that, where he was when he was in uh, MVP talks, but um, you know, Dame time, he's a great shooter. You know, he is a great leader. He has led his team, <coughs> Portland Trailblazers. Bless you, by the way. <laughs> oh, sorry about that, buddy. <laughs> no, it's all good. It's all good. But uh, Damian Lillard, he can shoot the ball. He can drive. He can dribble. He can make plays for his team. You know, it's it, it's he's in a really tough situation in Portland. Um, I I feel really bad for the guy, but I respect the hell out of him because he is sticking it out with the Trailblazers. He is not taking the easy way out. He is staying with his team, and he is doing everything he can to elevate them to a finals appearance. But I mean, Damian Lillard, he's an elite scorer, a really good playmaker, and an able defender. So I'd put him in my number five. So it definitely seems like we agreed on the point guards. Um, Again, though, you know, like I said, it was kind of tough um, for some of it because I was like, yo, there are other great point guards. Um, For instance, like Anthony Edwards, even though he's young and on the come up, you know, I still feel like he can definitely be a top point guard. If not now, then possibly in the future. And then there's obviously CP3. Um, I feel like the only reason I really didn't put CP3 up at the top is while he is a great point guard, um, he just doesn't have, like, the ring to prove it, you know? And I think that's one thing that's just, like, kills me because like this man deserves the ring so much but you know we'll get to that i definitely agree there but do you consider do you consider anthony edwards a point guard because i'm because the timberwolves played d'angelo russell at the one a lot last year so i don't know if i would consider anthony edwards a a one guard or a two guard I feel like personally Anthony Edwards can definitely play the one. Um, I don't know if he's listed at one, um, just solely for the fact that, you know, obviously uh, someone else played in front of him at the one, but I feel like he can definitely play the one. So that's what I have him listed as. Yeah, I mean, hey, that's cool. Uh, do you want to go into your shooting guards next? Yeah. So for my shooting guards, again, like I didn't really list any of these out one to five. I just listed them all, like just all five out. So starting shooting guards, I have Jalen Brown. Um, I feel like Jalen Brown is just 
an amazing piece in the Celtics. Um, I feel like at moments he is better than Tatum. Like he shines more than Tatum. Um, we saw that a little bit even during the playoffs recently. We saw Jalen Brown putting up consistently like 20 points while, you know, Tatum struggled a little bit uh, in certain games. But so I have him there um, within the top five. I I uh, definitely I just wanted to don't mean to interrupt, but I definitely agree with what you're saying about Jalen Brown. I mean, honestly, through the NBA finals, I thought that Jalen Brown outplayed Tatum and I know Tatum was getting more attention from the defense but either way I feel like Jalen Brown played his role better than Jason Tatum did in the NBA finals so I can definitely agree with you there that there are moments where Jalen Brown has outshined Jason Tatum and I do think that it gets overlooked the impact that Jalen Brown has on this team no doubt I feel like a lot of people just think, like, the only star in the team is, in fact, Tatum. And that's why so much focus is on him. But Jalen Brown's there, too, you know. He continues to prove that he can shine. Um, so, moving on, though, uh, I added James Harden to this list. Uh, obviously, I feel like Harden is just an amazing shooting guard. He's really, like, what you look for in a shooting guard. Um you know, someone who can shoot, someone who can drive, someone who can pass, all that good stuff. You know, while he lacks in a little bit of defending, you know, um, he makes up for it. Uh, moving on after that, I have obviously the main man, Luka Doncic, continues to just outshine everyone. It's insane what Luka can do, and I'm so excited to see what he can do in the future as well. Uh, Same again with even Devin Booker, dude. Devin Booker continues to shine, continues to prove that he is that man. And then number five, Zach Levine on the Bulls. Yeah, that's that's a good list. Um, So for me... When it came to Jalen Brown, I'll get into it at the three. I feel like during the year, he played more of the three guard, and it seemed as though um, they played they played him at the three, and they played Jason Tatum at the four. So I had Jalen Brown listed as a three guard, but I understand why you put him in the shooting guard range. I mean, that is his true position after all. But... um. For my list, I again, for all of mine, I ranked them one through five. Uh, starting off for shooting guard number one, Luka Doncic. I mean, you basically said it all about him. He can score, he can rebound, he can pass, and he can actually he can actually defend not too bad as well. But I mean, he is a triple double threat on any given night. He is one of the best scores along with one of the best playmakers in the NBA. Some of the passes that he makes just look insane. They don't look possible. They don't look human. But, you know, Luka Magic, he does it. He can hit threes. He can hit mid-range shots. He can hit fadeaways. He plays. One thing that I love about Luka Doncic, he plays the game at his own pace. 
He is not trying to play too fast. He is not trying to push the ball every net, every time he gets it, but he can when he wants to in transition. The man plays at his own speed. He slows down the game, and he plays it right. You can see what he does, and honestly, I see flashes of what Luca does in the rookie Paolo Banchero because what he does you he is not afraid to go into the paint and what he'll do he will put up those pump fakes that you've been taught ever since you were in middle school and he he does those pump fakes gets the defense jumping not only looks to draw fouls but actually looks to make the shot too opposed to a James Harden who just tries to get to the line Luca gets them jumping so that he can score and get fouled you know Luka Doncic, he is going to be an amazing player. He already is. He's going to be amazing for years and years to come. He's going to be the face of the league in a few years. As soon as when LeBron James retired, it is retires, it is going to be Luka Doncic's league. I can say that with full confidence. But, I mean, there's not much more you can say about Luka. He is just an amazing player. Going to be great for a long time, hopefully. If he doesn't get injured, then he should be a great player for a long time. At number two, I have Devin Booker. I mean, D-Book, he is one of the best fundamentally sound players in the NBA. He has an amazing jump shot, great three-point shooter. And what he has been able to do with the Phoenix Suns, he went through thick and thin with these guys. He didn't. He never quit on the Suns. He trusted their process and waited for them to draft the right pieces and to bring in the right veteran in Chris Paul. And now he is showing out and he is providing for his team. Devin Booker is a guy that can get his own bucket, but he's not afraid to take a step back when it's someone else's night. For example, if Chris Paul is hitting one night, then... Devin Booker isn't going to take away from his shots, and he's not going to try to take over the game. He's going to let Chris Paul do his work. You know, he is for his team, and he's a great team player, and he has a lot of stuff in his arsenal, including his jump shot, including he can drive to the lane as well. He has sneaky athleticism, so he can throw down on people every now and then, you know. But Devin Booker, just watching him play, he is such a fundamentally good player that can do wonders for his team. And it is shown out in the Phoenix Suns record. I mean, they have been the one seed or at the top of the division for the last two years. And they even made a finals appearance, which they haven't done in a long, long, long time. So that is that is amazing there. At number three, I'm kind of surprised he didn't have this guy. At number three, I have Donovan Mitchell. Had an amazing season with the Jazz last year. Led them to a really high seed. I know in the playoffs, they didn't really get anything done. Kind of kind of a famous thing about the Utah Jazz. They can never get it done in the playoffs. But I feel like part of that was he didn't have the right pieces around him. I feel like Donovan Mitchell is almost the second coming of Dwayne Wade. His game and Dwayne Wade, if you line them up, they are so similar. He has the athleticism and the same bounce that Wade has, along with the offensive scoring ability. 
can shoot the ball from range, really good finisher at the rack. He has great ball handling, and he can playmake as well for his team. But what I really like about Donovan Mitchell, he is a able defender. I feel like he is a better-than-average defender at his position, and he could get even better as time goes along. But he played at an elite level this last year, led the Utah Jazz to a really high seed, and honestly, we might we might see him soon in a in a New York Knicks uniform. But for right now, based off of what I saw last year, Donovan Mitchell's my number three. Uh, moving on to number four, I have Paul George, and although he has the size of a three guard and we have or a three forward, and we have seen him play small forward. His role on the Clippers is to be a two-guard, and Kawhi plays the three. So that's why I put him at the shooting guard. But Paul George, when he played last year, he showed how good that he still is. I think it's easy to forget the Paul George on the OKC Thunder that was a top-three MVP candidate. But he is showing flashes of it again with the Clippers, and it's flying under the radar for everybody. And, you know, some of the reasons is because of his injuries that he's gone through. But what I've noticed is when he's come back from these injuries, it seems like he hasn't missed a beat. You know, he's stepping right back into that. He's stepping right back into the Clippers offense. He is playing his game and he is doing everything. He is an elite defender. He is an elite three-point shooter. And he has a great mid-range as well. And I believe that he has everything that you would want in a shooting guard. The only reason why he is below all these other guys is because of his injuries and because I need to see him play a full year. Because if him and Kawhi are healthy, there is no reason why they can't make the NBA Finals this upcoming season. The Clippers have a very talented roster. And with two elite players like Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, they have a really big shot at making some noise this year. And I believe that 100%. And rounding out my shooting guard list, at number five, I've got Zach Levine. I mean, the Bulls showed out last year. A big part of that is DeMar DeRozan. But what I think was a really pleasant surprise was Zach Levine rising up to the challenge. You know, he used to only be known as that guy that could just get up and dunk it and now he's being one of those guys that can create his own shot you know he worked on his three-point game for so long and now he has an elite three-point jump shot in my opinion if not elite then borderline elite he is a very good shooter now he can obviously still drive to the lane he is playing very well and can do just about anything you want on offense does have room to improve as a defender i can say that but just with what Zach Levine did last year and how he helped his team get to a really high seeding in a playoff berth. The Bulls haven't seen a team like they have now since I think Derrick Rose played. And it's it's really exciting for Chicago to once again have a really good team and for Zach Levine a really good player that they can get behind. 
sure. I definitely agree with those picks. Um, you know, again, it looks like we've had similar uh, people, although, like you said, you did add Donovan Mitchell up there. Um, I put Donovan Mitchell as a uh, honorable mention just because I did, in fact, put Jalen Brown at the shooting guard. Um, moving on to small forwards, similarly, I did put Tatum at small forward um, just because that is his true position. Um, so Tatum, number one, small uh, small forward, continues to uh, show why he deserves it, um, even though he did have that rocky uh, finals run. Um, he's still a great player nonetheless, and it'll be great to see uh, if he can hopefully get an MVP soon. Um, I have LeBron on this list as well. Uh, even with age, LeBron doesn't look like he's going to get any worse anytime soon, um, which is freaky, but it's great. He continues to prove why he deserves to be called the GOAT. Um, I have Jimmy Butler on this list. Um, I believe Jimmy Butler deserves to be on this list of top five just because he's just a great player. Um, He's great at defense. You know, a lot of people call him Jimmy Buckets. And Sir. hopefully, you know, he can get himself a uh, ring as well. Uh, number four, I have Kawhi, a.k.a. The Claw. Um, he's a few DPOYs on his name. Um, he's a great defender and just a great small forward overall. He plays the role perfectly. Number five, I have DeMar DeRozan. Um, DeMar, again, like Kawhi, he's a great defender, and he's just a all-around three. Yeah, I, I really like your list there. Um, we do have a very similar list, once again. I mean, you know, that, that tends to happen sometimes. But for me, I did put... I happen to put Jalen Brown in the small forward category. But um, starting at number one, LeBron James. I mean, he is definitely making a case for the GOAT. I don't put him above MJ yet, but he is he is getting there. I would say if he gets one more ring, then he probably has him outbeat. But, you know, LeBron James, number one. I mean, this man has been at the top of his game for it seems like almost his whole career ever since he was at the Cavs the first time I think at his third year maybe it seemed like he was at the top of his game and he kept managing to get better every year year in and year out his longevity has been amazing and the fact that he is so durable for a guy that his that is his age we've never seen anything like it never in the history of the NBA you know, he is an elite playmaker. He is an elite defender. He is an elite scorer. He can do anything and everything that you want in today's game. He reformed his game to get a better three-point shot, and we have seen him hit many threes in clips and in games. I mean, and he still has all of his athleticism that he did. He is still one of the most explosive players in the league at his age, and it's you can't say you can't say enough good things about LeBron right now. You know, he's had 
he had a little bit of a rough go with injuries to Anthony Davis and with everything that's going on with Russell, Russell Westbrook. But do not be mistaken, LeBron James can do anything and everything in today's NBA. And he is definitely, without a doubt, the best small forward in the league. Uh, number two, I've got Jimmy Butler. You know, leading ever since he has left the Bulls, he has been looking for a home. And he found a perfect home in the Miami Heat. Had locker issues, locker room issues at other places. Wasn't able to find his niche. But with the Miami Heat, he has shown exactly what he can do. He is a leader. He is a great scorer, a great defender. And he is an amazing elite NBA player. He has been leading this Heat team for the last two or three years, led them to a finals appearance, has played in an elite level at every time that we've seen him play with this team. You know, he can shoot the three ball well. He can finish around the rim well. He is not afraid to get in the paint. He is not afraid to rebound. He does the dirty work as the best player on the team. He doesn't take plays off. You know, he... He shows that he wants it, and he is going to do whatever he can to win. Jimmy Butler, definitely number two for right now. At number three, I have Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi has the potential to be in that number two spot. However, the reason why he's so low is because he just sat out a whole year. You know, Kawhi is one of those guys that can come in and play like he never left, but we haven't seen him play in over a year, so... I can't deny the stuff that Jimmy Butler has done just because of what Kawhi Leonard has been in his past. He needs to show me that he can outperform Jimmy Butler and that he can make it back to the NBA Finals for me to put him at number two. But, I mean, Kawhi Leonard can do everything that Jimmy Butler can. But when he's at the top of his game, I feel like he can do everything better than what Jimmy Butler can do. Again, it all depends on his health. We have to see him come back, but Kawhi can shoot the ball from range. He can shoot the ball from the mid-range as well. He can finish around the rim. He is probably one of probably the best forward defender in the NBA when he's healthy. So again, we'll have to see what happens when he's done with his injury, but you can't deny his greatness and what he's been able to do. At number four. DeMar DeRozan, probably the most clutch player in the NBA last season. I mean, the dude was hitting buzzer beater shots for like four of the games that they had, two of them being in a row back-to-back, which was insane. But DeMar DeRozan, again, like how I said with Zach Levine, he brought this Bulls team to the playoffs and to a high seed. They haven't seen anything like this since Derrick Rose played, and it's a great thing for the city. But DeMar DeRozan coming in after that time in San Antonio, he is ready to win, and he is showing it on the court. He, the mid-range god, he hits, he hits basically anything from mid-range. You know, he's... 
He's been working on his three-point shot, so it's better than it, what it once was. And he still has that athleticism that he has. You know, he can still get up and dunk. He can still yam it. And although he is not in, although he is not a really, really good defender, I feel like he has been better at defending now than he has been in the past. So that's DeMar DeRozan. He led his team to a really good seed, showing that he still has a lot left in the tank. Because don't forget, DeMar DeRozan, he has had a few seasons under his belt, but played great last season. You can't deny it. Very clutch player. Love him at the four right now. And rounding out the small forwards, at number five, I have Jalen Brown. And we've talked about him already when we grouped him in, when you grouped him in with the shooting guards. Amazing player. Tends to get overlooked a lot because of Jason Tatum, you know, and it's it's a shame because this guy I would put him in the tiers as one of the best. He is in one of the best duos in the NBA, and he is the best. He is one of the best, if not the best, second option in the NBA right now. He can do everything that a number one option can do. But he plays within himself, doesn't get too cocky. He is a pretty, honestly, he is a pretty respectful player. He just goes in, goes to work, does what he has to do, and takes the win. You know, he outperformed Tatum in the NBA Finals. And I cannot wait to see what the future holds for Jalen Brown. No doubt. I definitely agree with your list. Um, And I'm excited to see what the rest of this holds. So... How about you start with the power forwards this time? Yeah, will do, man. Um, So I had Jason Tatum listed as a power forward. But starting off, number one, and it hurts me to say because I love Kevin Durant, but I believe this is the best player in the NBA right now, Giannis Antetokounmpo. The Greek freak. He He has shown that he can do everything. He even improved his free throws. He even improved his three-point shot, something that we always clowned him for. At least I know I've always clowned him for. I never thought that he could do it, and I always thought less of him. But Giannis Antetokounmpo, you cannot deny his greatness. One of the best defenders. Actually, I would say at this point in the game, no disrespect to Marcus Smart. I believe that Giannis is the best defender in the NBA. I believe that he is the best slasher in the NBA. He can get to the rim at will. He can bully people down low, you know, and he is a true leader. He has led his team to the NBA Finals. He has won it. Last season, without Middleton, one of the best, another one of the best second options in the NBA. The Robin, without the Robin to his Batman, he took the Celtics to seven games and was just so close to another NBA Finals appearance without his second best player even playing in the in the whole in like half the series, I think. I'm pretty sure it was half the series, but without Middleton there, 
Giannis Antetokounmpo still was able to lead his team to almost surpass the Boston Celtics. Imagine what's going to happen next year when he actually has Chris Middleton back by his side. Honestly, I have the Bucks as my team that's going to be going to the NBA Finals next year from the East. Giannis Antetokounmpo, he has proved everybody wrong at every point in his career. When everybody said he couldn't shoot free throws a couple of years ago in the NBA Finals, he went out there and hit, I believe, 15 free throws after everybody said that he couldn't do it. He showed that he could. This season, everyone said he couldn't shoot threes. I watched many games this season where I saw Giannis pull up from three-point range and either either make the three or get really close to making the three. And he didn't get discouraged when he missed one, you know? And he didn't hesitate to shoot either. He is showing improvement in every part of the game that you would need. And on top of that, he is getting so good at creating for his teammates. He is drawing so much attention, not only when he drives to the basket, but when he has the ball in general, that he is able to create for every teammate that is on the floor, which is such a huge thing, too, because he's not he could do it by himself. He could just take the ball in and drive it himself and average 40 points a game if he wanted to. But he is getting his teammates involved, and he is elevating everybody around him. Giannis Antetokounmpo, hands down, the best power forward in the NBA. At number two, I have Kevin Durant. He didn't play as many games as I would have liked last season, but when he did, he played at an MVP level. He had a very rough playoff run, which was the historically, I think it was historically his worst playoff run or worst stretch of game since his rookie season, which is not something you like to see. But, I mean, you cannot deny Kevin Durant. He showed it all throughout the season until he got to the playoffs. He can shoot the three at an elite rate. His mid-range shot is unguardable. I mean, he's 7-1 in shoes, you know. He's 7-1 in shoes with a great wingspan that can shoot the ball at an elite level. He can also drive to the lane at an elite level. He can make his, he can create for his own shot at an elite level as well. The best scorer I've ever witnessed play ever. And... Kevin Durant just he takes he takes my breath away when I'm watching him play, you know. One of one of the best players I've ever seen play. Uh number 3, I've got Jason Tatum. He played at an MVP level basically the whole season. The Celtics at the beginning of the year were really in some deep shit, you know, like they we're not starting off good. They turned their season around historically. I'm pretty sure they had one of the most historic turnarounds in NBA history. And Jason Tatum led his team to the NBA Finals. He had great pieces around him, yes, but it was clear that it was Jason Tatum's team. I think that he should have been, 
I think that he should have gotten more votes to be an MVP. You know, I think that he is going to show a lot of potential to win this award in the next few years. But Jason Tatum showed me that he is a legit, he is a legit player that is going to make a case for one of the top spots in the NBA. Uh, number four, I have Anthony Davis. These last two, it was kind of hard to do, especially since Anthony Davis was hurt. But I think when Anthony Davis is healthy, he is one of the best players in the NBA. You know, he can he can shoot the ball at a great rate. He can get in the post and do some work down there. And he's actually a really good defender. Again, this is all when he's healthy, but I cannot deny what I've seen in the past from Anthony Davis to now. I mean, it wasn't that long ago that he won the NBA Finals with LeBron in the bubble. And I know there were a lot of injuries in the bubble, and there was all the COVID protocols and all that, but an NBA Finals championship is an NBA Finals championship. And Anthony Davis did that with LeBron being and looking like one of the best players in the NBA. And that was just a few years ago. So I cannot help but put Anthony Davis there. And then rounding out my power forwards at number five, I have Carl Anthony Towns. I believe he is the best shooting big man. I mean, obviously Kevin Durant and Jason Tatum are really good shooters, but I wouldn't consider them in the big man category because they are more of a, Three slash four, whereas Carl Anthony Towns and Anthony Davis are four slash fives. So I'd put them more in the big category. But Carl Anthony Towns is the best shooting big man in the league. I mean, he won the three-point contest, which I know doesn't say much, but he shot over 40% from the three-point line as a center power forward. You know, and... The Timberwolves got to the playoffs for their first time in a, a long time. I don't even remember. I don't even remember the last time the Timberwolves were in a playoff position. And he helped to bring that team there. He is Carl Anthony Towns is a winner, in my opinion. I believe that he gets along great with his team. I believe that he is a really good leader for the Timberwolves. And I think that we're going to see big things from him, especially with the addition of Rudy Gobert to their team. What do you think, Jake? What's your What's your list looking like? So my list is basically the same as yours. I have KD, Giannis, Cat, and AD. The only difference is that I put Julius Randle on the list because I did have Tatum as a small forward. The reason I put Julius Randle on this list is because a little bit of a bias because Julius Randle is one of my more favored players in the NBA. But I just feel like he's a very consistent player, especially on a team like the Knicks that aren't always, you know, like amazing. Um, he still shines. He just about averaged a double-double um, for the third time in his career. Um, he averaged 20 points and 9.9 rebounds, but still five assists. Um, he really proves as to why he deserves to be a top um, power forward. And I feel like if he was in the better, if he had better people around him, 
um, I feel like he'd be able to shine more. I definitely do see that, and hopefully with the addition of Jalen Brunson, that will be something that he gets. And even, and you never know, if they end up getting Donovan Mitchell as well and he doesn't get given up as a piece in that deal, that could be that could be what he needs to elevate to a new level. But um, I'm I'm honestly surprised that you had Julius Randle that high. But hey, you know it's he is he is a really good player nonetheless. Uh, I'm gonna go with the uh, yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take the lead on the centers. Uh, at number one, this might be a little controversial. I do not have the two-time back-to-back MVP, Jokic, at one. I have him at two. I have Joel Embiid at number one. I cannot deny what I saw last season. I believe that Joel Embiid got robbed last year. I feel like he, his impact on the court with the 76ers was better than Nikola Jokic with the... Denver Nuggets. And one of the reasons why is because Joel Embiid helped to bring his team to a playoff berth and had a real shot of getting far, whereas of Jokic was just fighting to keep his team in contention for a playoff spot. You know, and I'm not going to discredit Jokic in any way. He had an amazing season again. You know, the best passing big man I've, I think we've ever seen in the NBA. But... I mean, Joel Embiid, great scorer, can shoot the ball, elite rim protector, one of the best defending centers in the league, as well as probably one of the best offensive threat centers in the league. And by the way, he can still play make for his team too. So it's not that big of a drop-off between him and Jokic. But I believe that Embiid just outperformed every center that he played against last year. And I think I don't know any center in the league that can guard him. I don't even think Rudy Gobert can guard him at this point. He is just in a whole nother realm, whole nother ball game for him. And I'm excited to see what he can do this year with James Harden. And I hope that they can do, I hope that they can do great things. Uh, number two, I have Nikola Jokic again, I am not discrediting Jokic in any way because he is the best passing big man of all time. He has a really good three-point shot. He slimmed down and got into shape, which allowed him to run the floor a lot better. At times, a lot of times, honestly, Nikola Jokic was the point guard for the team as a center. And his vision was absurd. He could make passes that he would make Luka-like passes as a big man. And he was able to see the whole court at an elite level, which is something that you don't see from any five, especially at the rate that he was doing it. I mean, you cannot deny he won MVP two years in a row. Even if I didn't agree with it last year, he still had really good stats. Nikola Jokic definitely at the number two spot for me. When it comes to these next three, it gets a little bit tougher to grade these next three, but I put Bam Adebayo at number three. 
you can see what his impact did to the Heat when he wasn't on the floor. The Heat were a way worse team when he was not on the court from what I saw in their games. Bam Adebayo is a great defensive weapon as well as a great offensive weapon. He is an undersized center, but he is not afraid to get after it. He will rip down reboards, or I'm sorry, but he, he can rip down rebounds better than most seven-foot centers in the league because he just has that grit. You know, he is willing to go in there, make the dirty plays, and has that athleticism and that energy to rip the ball away from those other guys. Not only that, he is an all-defensive player. You know, he is someone that can defend probably, I'd say, the three borderline two through five. He can guard the perimeter as well as down low. He's quick enough to guard up there, which, again, as a center, that is really hard to do. But he can do it. He has a solid mid-range shot as well as really good post game. Doesn't quite have a range, but he's a center. He doesn't really need to have that range. But Bam Adebayo, on top of that, helped the Heat get to another high seat again. You cannot ask for much more. Bam Adebayo would be at my number three. And moving on from my number four, I have DeAndre Ayton, one of the best young players in the NBA. He just got his bag with the Phoenix Suns. And honestly, it's well-deserved. It is hard to find, it is hard to have a really good center in today's NBA because there's there are an abundance of guards. There are a good amount of small forwards, but there aren't a lot of really good borderline elite centers in today's NBA. And the Suns have one of them. DeAndre Ayton was a former number one pick. I believe it was three, maybe four years ago. I believe it was three. He came into the league, and you immediately saw what they saw in him. He isn't going to be that guy that is going to average 22 points per game. He's not going to be the most dominant player in the league, but he is a center that can do a little bit of everything for you. He can... Get you buckets down low in the post. He can protect the rim very well. You know, he can rebound the ball at a great rate. He does everything that you want a center to do, but at a really good standard. And he is one of the reasons why the Suns in the last few years have been one of the teams dominating the NBA. You know, he has been able to keep up with all of the bigs that are in the NBA. And he has been able to implement what he's doing and his play style to better the Suns team and to get them into finals contention for the last two years. No doubt, dude. I I definitely agree with uh, the picks. Um, Hey, man, I still got one more. I still got one more. All right, man, all right, whatever, man, whatever. I'm losing track. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. Number five, I'll just make a quick. Rudy Gobert, best defending center in the league. You know, I'm excited to see what you can do with the Timberwolves. 
I don't believe he was worth as much as they gave for him, but Rudy Gobert, definitely my number five. He has gotten better as an offensive player, but best defensive center in the league, hands down. Alright, so honestly, we have pretty much the same exact picks. I have Joel, obviously Joker, Bam Adebayo, um, Gobert, and Aiton. Um, all of these players are honestly great centers, and they've proven why they have been like they've been named the top five. Um, obviously, Jokic, one of the best centers, um, few MVPs under his belt, and he continues to shine, continues to destroy in the league. Um, Joel Embiid, uh, similar to Jokic. Um, he continues to show why he is that man. Um, I agree with your Gobert take. Uh, I do feel as though um, he is getting paid a lot, um, and they did give up a lot um, for Gobert. But again, you know, he'll be able to prove as to why he's worth that much. Definitely, definitely. And, you know... I honestly see why the Timberwolves did it because they haven't had the opportunity to be in finals contention before. And this Rudy Gobert trade, they believe it's what will put them in finals contention. So they were willing to give up all of that stuff. So I see why they did it. I don't agree with it, but I do see why they, I do see why they went that way. Uh, honorable mentions. Uh, I'm just going to go through mine, give my opinion, and then you can go through yours if you'd like. Uh, I'll try to go quick through these. Chris Paul, he's a great point guard, has great vision. He's a good jump shot. Even with his age, he is still doing amazing things, doing very well in the Suns. But, however, his health and age are big concerns, and it wasn't those two drawbacks were enough to keep him off of my top five list of point guard. Uh, Pascal Siakam, I believe that he was great when he came back, and he has the potential to beat out Carl Anthony Towns, especially next season with a really young team. He can step in and be that veteran. He can be that leader on that team. But he was coming off an injury, and I didn't see enough of him throughout the season for me to put him on that list. Um, LaMelo Ball, he is getting better and better every year. And in a few years, he will be on this list. I just need to see more consistency from him. And I need to see him take his team to a deep playoff run. Because every other player on this list besides maybe Trey Young has brought their team to a deep playoff berth or has won the NBA. So I just need to see a little bit more from him. Uh, Anthony Edwards, he has the potential, and I believe you mentioned him earlier. He has the potential, but honestly, he just needs to show that he wants it. Half the time, it feels like he doesn't want to be there. You know, like he's he's a very laid back player. He's really fun to 
to read up on, you know, and to like watch his interviews. He's a fun guy, but he needs to show that he wants it. He needs to show his determination to the game of basketball itself. And once he does that, he could be a top five player in this game. But it's all about if he can put that together and show that he wants it. Uh, three more players, Brandon Ingram. He's a great player. He really stepped up when Zion wasn't there. And all he needs to do is win more games and show that he can make a deep playoff run with this Pelicans team. James Harden, I left off my list. And the reason why is because I believe that he didn't have enough consistency for me. I believe that he has really dropped off since he has left the um, since he has left the Houston Rockets. He had a decent year with the Nets, yes, but even when he was playing, I feel like he's lost a step. And he's never really been that good of a defender, but you know, he's just not, he's not, I don't feel like he's an automatic bucket anymore. I feel like he spends more time just trying to flop his way to the free throw line than actually like getting in there to finish it and get the free throw and get the M1, you know, and it's, it's, it's awful to see in my opinion, because I loved watching him play in Houston. I loved watching him get after it and score and score and score but now I just feel like he hasn't been consistent and it feels like he's just lost a step which I mean it's what happens when you age in the NBA there's nothing you can do about it but um I I just couldn't put him on my top five list this year and then someone who is severely underrated that I wish that I could put on this list DeMontis Sabonis he has a very good opportunity with this Kings team here. I believe that they're a, they have a very good chance at making it as a seven seed or a, even a six seed if they get good enough, especially with the addition of Keegan Murray. I feel like DeMontis Sabonis has been disrespected throughout his career, and he could be one of the best centers in the league. He has everything that you need. He is a great rebounder. He is a good shooter, and he has that will to win. So we'll see if he can bring that to Sacramento. All right. So we we have some similar um oh I've just had too many similar honorable mentions. Uh, I believe we only have two that are uh, semi similar. Um, but my first one is Anthony Edwards. Um, I put Anthony Edwards on honorable mentions because I believe he's on the come up. Uh, he's proven himself in the sense that he's shown that he wants more, um, and I believe that he will be able to get that in the future. Uh, second, I have Harden. Um, while I did have him on the list, I also do believe in some eyes he can kind of, like, do better, and he needs to just stay more consistent. Um, that was, like, my biggest takeaway from Harden. Like, again, I said he is on my list, but... The note that I just have is that he needs to stay consistent, and hopefully he'll be on the rise this season. Um, my next honorable mention is Robert Williams. Um, he shoot he was able to show like great peaks throughout the Celtics season and even the playoff run. Uh, he's shown that uh, 
he can possibly be a top power forward, a top center. Um, and I believe that that will happen soon enough. Uh, next, it's uh, honorable mention, I have Jeremy Grant. Um, this one's a little more interesting. Uh, basically, the reason I chose Jeremy Grant is because, again, like, I love Jeremy Grant. Um, and in the past two seasons, he's definitely, like, outdone himself with the Pistons. Um, now while he is on the 76ers, or not on the 76ers, my bad, uh, on the Trailblazers. Um, Indeed. I definitely feel like he can still do what he's been able to do, which is average 19 points. Um, four rebounds, two and a half assists. He shoots 43% from the field and like 36 beyond the arc. Um, I definitely believe that he'll be able to do some good things if he can stay healthy. Uh, next, I have CP3. I mentioned this earlier um, as to why I didn't really put him in the top five, but again, I'll just say it again. Uh, he's really proven that he can be a great lead to a team. He just needs the right pieces around him. Um, and again, it's mainly because he just doesn't have a ring. I feel like if he has a ring, it'll really solidify the top five for CP3. But for now, I have him as an honorable mention. My next honorable mention, my final one, in fact, is uh, SGA, Shea Gilgis-Alexander. I believe that Shea is going to be a great player. Um. Not saying he isn't already, because he definitely is, with averaging 25 points, 5 rebounds, almost 6 assists. Um, if he can keep this up, I feel like he will be a top 5 contender in no time. I definitely agree with that. And I think another thing that's going to help is, in a few years, this Thunder team... I know it looks I know it looked kind of bad last year but this Thunder team is going to be something special in the future. They have every asset possibly imaginable through the draft so they can choose to build through the draft, go out to get free agents, go out to trade, anything that they want to do, they can do and they're going to end up being a really good team and Shea Gillis Alexander and Chet Holmgren I believe are going to be leading the charge so I definitely agree with what you're saying there. Uh, finally, we have the um, predictions for the NBA awards. Um, I'll take the lead on this one. So good. for MVP, I honestly, I have three people that could really win this MVP uh, award. I have obviously uh, Jokic and Giannis. Both of them have proved, like, proven in the past why they deserved it, and I believe that they're more than likely going to get it. But my hope for this pick is which, who I have at third. I have Jason Tatum. Um, we've really seen the impact that all three of these players have on their respective teams and how far they've gone with said teams. Um, and I believe that if Tatum can keep doing what he's been doing and not have as many dry spells... I believe that he'll just be great, and he'll definitely deserve his MVP award. Um, Jokic and Giannis, you know, they really can't get much better than what they've already done. Um, so we'll see what happens with that. Um, next, I have the most improved player. Uh, I have two for this position uh, because I believe that both of these people could win it. 
I have a Tyrese Maxey and Devin Bain. Um, both of them have really stepped up in a sense uh, in their roles. Uh, and we've really seen it, um, especially with uh, Tyrese Maxey. Um, I personally have both of these people on fantasy basketball, and they did great. Their stats went up, and their impact on the team improved as a whole. Next, uh, the DPOY. Uh, I have Kawhi or Rudy Gobert. Um, I'd love to see Kawhi win another DPOY. Uh, and then obviously I have Rudy Gobert just because like, he's been an all-around great defender, and I believe that he'll just shine. Uh, rookie of the year, like most people, I have Paulo um, as a top rookie of the year candidate for the sole reason that he's so favored and has such high potential to be a great uh, player. Um, obviously, him coming into the draft, it was confirmed basically that he was going to go number one overall. Um, and just, he's going to be great. And I believe that he'll win this. Sixth man of the year. This is where we might disagree a little bit because there's a lot of solid candidates for this. But um, my prediction is that Jordan Poole's going to win it. Uh, he showed that he's about it, and he has a great role off the bench behind Curry. And he's proved he can make an impact on the team uh, currently and even, like, post-Curry era. Uh, I feel like once Curry leaves, Jordan Poole's going to be able to step up and really just fill those shoes in a sense. So I think that he'll deserve a uh, six man of the year this year. Yeah, I, I don't hate that pick for sixth man of the year. And, you know, as far as we're talking about, like, for the future to step in for Curry, that is a long ways away. Like, that, that like, we were talking a long ways away. I don't know if Jordan Poole is going to stay for that long. But, you know, anything can happen. But I, I honestly don't hate that pick for sixth man of the year. I'm going to start off with MVP. I'm going to try to move through this pretty fast. we got to get going soon. But, um... As far as MVP, I have Jason Tatum. I believe that he is going to take another leap. And one of the reasons why, I think, because of their acquisition of Malcolm Brogdon at the one, I feel like that like relieves some pressure from Tatum to do everything. Because I feel like he was taking more of a playmaking role when they got into the finals and into the playoffs, which led to a lot of turnovers for him, but now they have a very good point guard in the NBA. I would say a top 10 point guard in today's NBA who can pass the ball at a great rate and who can create his own shot as well. So I feel like it'll open up a lot more for Jason Tatum. Uh, yeah. After these awards, we're going to call it a day. Um, for Rookie of the Year, I have Paolo Banchero. I feel like he's just a NBA-ready guy who is going to come in and make a great impact. Um, I feel like the Magic made a great pick here. And Paolo is definitely something special, for sure. For my most improved player, it's gonna. this is a little bit of a shot in the dark. It's a little uh, jump and hope here, but I have Jalen Suggs. He did not, he had a very underwhelming rookie year, did not play that well, was not consistent. But, however, I feel with the emergence of Froz Wagner along with the new Paulo Benchero coming in, 
I feel like Paul is a guy that is going to be able to open and make plays for his team. And I feel like Jalen Suggs will make a big leap because the defense not only will be more focused on Paulo, but Paulo is a great playmaker. So he will be able to give Jalen Suggs those opportunities. So I expect Jalen Suggs to make a good jump this year. Uh, Defensive player of the year, I have Giannis Antetokounmpo. I I just believe that he is going to come in and dominate at the defensive end like he always does. There's there's not much I need to say there. That's I just feel like he's going to come in and dominate. And then for sixth man of the year, I have Tyler Hero repeating. He played great off the bench. And I expect him to keep doing the same thing and taking what he did last year and replicating it into this season. But uh, those, um, I believe Tyler Hero could easily win this. But I do hope that we do see uh, Jordan Poole uh, win it as well. I kind of like when there's different players winning these awards, not always the same players. Oh, yeah, for sure. hundred uh, percent. So I believe uh, that is going to close it out. Right, Jake? Yeah, I think I think we uh, put in a number tonight. Yeah, we definitely uh, got a lot of information down. We uh, got through what we uh, essentially what we wanted to get through. So uh, definitely uh, happy with the way this episode went. Yeah, me as well. Well, everybody. This was episode four of the Pudapod podcast. Uh, make sure to tune in. We come out with a new episode, a new episode basically every week, if not every week and a half. Uh, Jake, as always, thank you very much for hopping on the pod. And it's always great to talk some NBA basketball with you. Yeah, no worries, brother. Again, like always, I appreciate you having me on the pod and I look forward to the next episode. Yes, sir, for sure. So everybody, make sure to tune in. I'll have it on social media whenever we're posting next. And I hope you all have a good night. Peace, everybody. Peace.